Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Scarlett Johansson's dad is just like that white guy who can't fit into a thing, and it's like funny, you know? But we don't get to have, like, we'll, like Bobby Lee's never going to play a funny Asian Bobby dad. Lee. <laughs> if he played Shang-Chi's dad, that would be hilarious. And welcome back to another episode of Asian Not Asian Podcast, a podcast where two Asian guys not from Asia talk about American issues no American cares about. I'm your host, Fumi Abe. And I'm Mike Nguyen. Today is July 17th, and I'm coming at you live from the hallway of the Park MGM Hotel in Las Vegas. And there are people around me uh, cleaning and working, and they uh, don't know what's going on. I I feel that, uh, Fumi, you're... You're just in the hallway of this like large resort in <laughs> Las Vegas, and like I swear to God, some fucking tourists are gonna be like, "Yo, what's this? Oh, this must be some sort of weird. J- <laughs> Is this some Jabberwocky? Is this one of the Jabberwockies? They start oh, giving shit. you and money. They, just, they start giving you money. Whoa, I didn't know they did a podcast. This is cool. Look at that, you know honey. What? I, I, it's just funny. For a second, I felt embarrassed doing that intro in front of these two people, like cleaning. They did not give a fuck about me. They could not, not give us. This is not. Don't. This is a guy doing a podcast. Is probably the least weirdest thing happening mm. in Las yeah, Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yesterday we had a guy doing a podcast, and he was taking a shit. So yeah. you know, that's even that's worse. That's, <laughs> this is, at least he's not taking a shit. So oh my god, that's gosh. cool, man. That's cool. What, um, I know. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. w- welcome listeners, anals as we call you, Asian not Asian listeners, of course. And if you're a um, iTunes listener or iPhone listener, please leave a review on your Apple Podcast app. And if you're listening to this on your phones, please take a screenshot, post it on Instagram stories and tag us at Asian not Asian pod. We love it when you do that. Um, this is the first remote session we've done in a minute. I am away. And because I'm away, uh, Mike, you had to do Hack City solo you had a sub guest and you did it with uh yeah yeah, go ahead i did it with young me my from uh feeling asian it was Mm -hmm. awesome it was kind of like a nice feeling asian slash asian not asian crossover thing uh Mm -hmm. brian park beautiful brian park was there as well and he Mm -hmm. he did stand up uh he hadn't done stand up in a long time and, and and he got back into the game um at one of the best fucking shows in the city by the way Mm -hmm, but you mm -hmm, know like mm -hmm. he did it and it was funny it's there's always like so many there's so many fans and it's so nice to talk to everybody but it was it, a funny thing happened i was uh i was uh, coming out of the green room you know this is after the show you know we all take our pictures and everybody's like yeah like you know the, the audience is filing out and there are two like blonde asians right right oh yeah <laughs> like they, they're, they're wait yeah they're waiting and uh they you know this is the look now okay it's the eight the age young asian people they look like pixies, okay? They look like they look like uh, they they look like fairies. You know what I'm saying? They're, they mm-hmm. they look like Rainbow Bright. That's the mm-hmm. that's the look. That's how cool Asian people look now. And there's this, these two, and they're looking at me, and I'm like, oh, maybe they want to say hi. Nope, they go right around, and 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 one of them, I was like, is, is this the person who is also the host of Dumbfounded's uh, podcast, um, Fun with Dumb, and uh, and and he's got he's got another podcast uh, host. Ah, oh, geez, what's her name? I want to find this. I'm sorry. Are you sure it was her? Did you you knew it was her? I am sure. I am okay. sure because Young Me told me later. Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Um, and uh, and and anyways, so, so 
she's there and her friend i didn't want to say if it was her or not in my mind i was like you know what maybe she's just another cool asian but yeah. she she sees me for a second and then she just goes beeline right around me <laughs> right around me starts talking to young me and dude it was like young me has blue hair now so it's like a blue hair asian with two blonde hair asians and it's oh just my like god it's like they were a coven, bro. It was just like they were they were comparing like horoscopes and shit. It was like so cool. And then they were talking to Joel Kim Booster, which hey, you know what? I I respect that. Cole Joel Kim Booster's awesome. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And he was our headliner. So well, I was, it, I, yeah, I was. Uh, I told you this earlier. I was a little worried about the show because um, you know, people people who listen to the podcast they think you're very cool. But I, I think a lot of that is thanks to me, who I'm not very cool, and you're just always <laughs> next to me. And <laughs> relatively speaking, relatively speaking. You know, you are very cool because I'm just out here wearing uh, a hoodie that was popular seven years ago. But <laughs> when you're hanging out with young me, she's very cool. And so I just wanted to make sure like you were able to keep up vibe wise. And I'm yes. hearing that it was it was OK. But 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 some fans were like, it's just so funny that you were ignored because like it's your goddamn show. It's our fucking show. Your name, <laughs> your name and face is on the flyer. It's kind of yeah. like uh, it's kind of like if you were headlining, I don't know, Madison Square Garden. Yep. And then yep. Um, somebody. It just goes past you and says hi to the the opener or something. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, just just uh, I'm 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 like one of these um, you know, people cleaning in the hallway where you are. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm just yeah, a guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't I'm even know. You know. So um, yeah, it was it was I'm, I ain't shit. I know you know what you I respect shit. that. Yeah. This person's name is uh, Steffi. 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 Uh, uh, Pack, I think, is her. Pack, oh, okay, Pack, okay, okay. Is her name? Um, you know, very cool. Uh, I, w- I would love to have talked to her. <laughs> <laughs> Please be my friend. This is why you know, I'm not cool, man. But yeah, but that's. But you know what? I respect it because you know what? You put me in my place. Okay, straight yeah. Asian guy. Yeah. Uniqlo energy. All right, Uniqlo that's energy. us. Uniqlo energy. Uh, and that's what you do to Uniqlo people. Right? I, I gotta just... say, getting ignored at the your own show slash party that you hosted and put together is the most straight Asian guy thing ever. You yes, know what I mean? 100%. That's that's yep. that feeling is ours. So I'm yep. glad you went through that. You know, I'm glad she put you in your place. Um, <laughs> you know, that's just what it is. Um, before we start the show, uh, we want to give a shout out to our newest Patreon subscribers. What is Patreon? It is the best and easiest way to support our podcast. As you know, we are an independent operation. We're not with a network. And if you want to uh, support the show, please go to Patreon.com/slash/AsianNotAsianPod, and you can give us your money. You, there's like different subscriptions. It's like monthly subscriptions, so you can get five dollars, ten dollars, twenty dollars, whatever you want. And with different tiers, you get like bonus episodes. We slide into your DMs. You get to join a face- secret Facebook group and talk to us. And it's a good time for some people. We do like monthly Zoom hangouts if you want to like get to know who we are as people. I don't know. You know, some people are into that. You sick fucks. And uh, <laughs> so please join us. Um, so these are the newest uh, donors uh, of this week. And uh, as a reward, we try to guess your ethnicity purely based on your last name. Um, yeah, here we go. Uh, Richard Kim. Korean. Korean. Couldn't okay. get more Korean. Yeah, That's this guy is a Korean. pastor. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Amy Yamagishi. Japanese, right? That's Japanese as hell. Gotta That's be. Japanese. I That's think we Japanese met her. She's hell. like the the cello player. We met her uh, the other week. Oh, shit. Yes. Yeah, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. Flexing with the cello. Yes. Oh, we have a lot of Japanese people this week. I love that. We do. Nina, Nina Ichikawa. Ichikawa. I, I think I know this person. If this is the person I think it is, then, uh, then uh, she's my friend. Uh, and she's she's... Let me tell you a quick story about what a badass she is. This is how I knew. And this is how I knew the kind of girl I wanted to be with. Because I was mm-hmm. hanging out. We're all hanging out. We're all friends. Mm-hmm. And we're at like a, a, like a dance club. And, mm-hmm. uh, and her husband is uh, also kind of like also a Japanese dude. He's like a streetwear designer. Uh, can't really hold his liquor. That's oh, okay. one thing. He can't. Okay. okay. She 
can. She's she's mixed race and she's okay. she she can handle her liquor. And we're all dancing and um he is like he's having a good time, but like almost at the point where he's almost kinda like, oh, he's kinda on the fade. He's starting to fade. Yeah. She grabs his drink. She's like, hey, no, you know what? Let me hold your drink for a second. He kinda like looks away. She she fucking like just like pounds it in one hit <laughs> boom and i was like that is one of the sexiest things i've ever seen that's how you you your woman has your woman is a good woman if she sees you getting Struggling. too drunk takes your drink drinks it not even like a boss not a problem so thank you very much nina I love that. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's Nina, you great. are a alcoholic Japanese person, and we love that about you. <laughs> Thank you so much for your donation. Uh, we got a couple more. We have a uh, Deanne Wong. Deanne. D E A N N. D E A capital A. Um, uh, this is a tricky one. I mean, Wong is Chinese, but Deanne. Wong is Chinese. Deanne. That's an interesting one. Is southern. Sh- She's South- a southern. Oh, her name is probably Deandra. That's Whoa. southern. A southern yep. belle. You're southern belle Asian. You're a yeah, Southern Bell welcome. Chinese woman. I love that. Yeah, yeah. And, and lastly, we have Hikari Matsuo. This is a Japanese as fuck, man. This is a this is a J-pop star. This, yeah. Oh yeah, Hikari. Hey, what, there Hikari. was somebody. Oh, Utada Hikaru was the popular person back in the ah, day. Ah, okay. Hikari, Hikari. If it's spelled the way I think it is, it means um light. It's really cool. It's a cool like uh, it's a name that can be both boy or girl. I actually don't know if it's a boy or girl. It could be both. Oh, interesting. It's a it's, it's a, a lot of times it's like the main character's name in an anime. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, this is um, this is uh, uh, one of those uh, Japanese people who is uh, trying to catch them all. Trying to catch them all. There you go. How about that? There you go. <laughs> um, okay, and that's it for this week. Thank you guys so much for donating, and uh, please go to Patreon.com/slash/AsianNotAsianPod to join this game. Okay, story of the week. Before we bring up our wonderful guests of this week, I'm in Vegas right now, as I told you. Yes, and, hilarious. Uh, holy shit! It's uh, <laughs> it's I, I haven't I haven't been here since I was like ten years old. Yeah. And as I'm so, you've never around, been as like an adult. You've never been I, as an adult. Exactly. And I, wow. as I'm looking around, as I'm experiencing, I'm taking in the strip. I'm just like, why did my parents bring me here? Like, this is yeah. not weird, a good right? Place for it's not a good place for kids. It's it's. Oh no! When I was a kid, I remember this place being like very beautiful and like beautiful lights and fountains and all that. But like now, yep. you know, I, I've lived in New York for a long time, and I'm I'm an adult. I know what other cities are supposed to look like. Yep, it's straight up trash, bro. It is straight it is. up trash. It's like a, <laughs> it is a bad it's, place. It's I told you this earlier. Las Vegas is Times Square with a sprinkle of Coney Island. Like right, the people right. of Coney Island. <laughs> it is not good, dude. There's like kids out here taking pictures with like naked women on the streets. Cause there's a lot of like mm-hmm. kind of like kind of like uh, um they're not naked, but they got these like outlandish outfits on the streets and they yeah. make money by taking pictures with you. Um yeah. I don't know, people here think they're really cool because they go they're eating at Italy. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. Like, there it's you like, go. You know, there you go. You know, it's it's there's like there's a that. shake shack. Yeah, you're going, yeah, you're going to yeah. Shake Shack. Here exactly, we go. Exactly. And uh, my problem is with it is uh, I, I'm you know, I, I wish I came in my 20s because I went when I was like 10 and now I'm here in my 30s and yes. I'm, <laughs> I'm too old for this. Like I, I'm Dude. jet lagged and I posted a picture of this on my Instagram, but like I'm legit falling asleep. I'm legit falling asleep at like the blackjack table at the roulette slots, just like Japanese salaryman style, arms crossed. <laughs> um, I'm literally, I'm, dro- I, I'm drooling. Off. Yeah. My glasses off. I'm drooling. I'm waking up with like a puddle of drool on my fucking shirt and uh, getting kicked <laughs> out. Um, it's no good, man. We try to go. You, we try, Yeah, I'll go ahead. 
you I, I'm, I was I saw that uh, picture of you on uh, your Instagram story of you like lying there and I was like 100% he's completely sober he's not even drunk oh no I'm not you were just compl- you're just sleepy just a sleepy I was just boy sleepy dude I want to go to I want to go to bed by eight but like the two friends I'm here <laughs> with are like I don't know I think some people come here and they just want to do Vegasy things and yeah. one of those things is staying up at some four even yep. if you have nothing to do but yeah other than that I'm I mean, you know that that shit sucks but other than that I'm having a good time you know, I I, <laughs> I, I, I I think I forgot how, you know, because I, I, talk, I talk on the podcast a lot about like uh, how I don't really hang out with my friends anymore, like my non-comedy friends. Yeah, yeah. And I'm here with my two high school friends. And I, you know, this is kind of a nice thought. Uh, you know, I, I think I forgot how funny my high school friends were. Yeah, there you um, go. And I, and I forgot why I'm like, I'm like constantly laughing. I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'm laughing this whole time. And I, a lot of times in New York, I think, I don't know if you go through this. I'm a comedian. So yeah. I should be laughing a lot, but a lot of times I'm working no. and I'm not mm-hmm. laughing. And yes. sometimes I, when I go to bed, I go, "Did I even laugh once today?" I always yeah. ask myself that. And uh, just being with my ch- childhood friends, it's just like it kind of reminds me of like, oh, I think this is why I kind of gravitated towards comedy because I like this feeling of just like constantly fucking around. I and, think too uh, the yeah. uh, the there's like a whole thing where you know your your childhood friends like the humor that you guys have is is going to be different. Yeah. Then, um, then like the comedy when you know, like you know, when you get a bunch of com- comedians together and we just start riffing and we start yeah, doing the yeah. thing where we're like, you know, we're like, yeah, trying yeah, to yeah, top yeah, each yeah. other and stuff like yeah. that. What you got? That's what I call, or that's that's like that's like organic food. That's you know organic. What I'm saying? That's yes it's, it's, yes. it's 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 small batch. Okay, <laughs> it's made. You know, it's like it's like it's like hey, I, hey man, I brewed this joke at home, bro. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, maybe yeah. it's not completely like super complex or sophisticated but you yeah. know what it's real bro it's it real is. It's, it's not delicious. ready for it's not ready for mass production but it it's is not. delicious it's, it, it is, is delicious it is, it is yeah. small. you're like mm, mm, mm. Wait, is that a is that a louis ck reference mm, mm, mm. you know like <laughs> this is really tasty well we wanted to talk to uh our guest today about mm-hmm. uh, how he wears his fanny pack yes. um our guest today <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited to have uh this person on uh, he is a writer and film critic for the Los Angeles Times and a regular contributor to NPR's Fresh Air. Uh, he's also like my childhood friend, which is That's just so crazy. Probably his big, biggest credit, to be honest with you. Right? <laughs> All right, help us welcome Justin Chang. Woo! Oh, thank you. And that is my proudest accomplishment. Yo, wow. Yes, absolutely. It is. It is. Um, I mean, we got so much to do, but just very quickly, I mean, when's the last time you went to Vegas? I know you're kind of like a family man now, but I don't know, you know? (laughs) It's true. The last time, it might have, speaking of which, it might have been for my bachelor party. Whoa. uh, Whoa. uh, Eight years ago. Did oh, you that's not that long ago. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Did you not too, yeah? I mean it's it's I can't believe when I say it that it was that long ago, but I maybe I was back there, but I can't remember a more recent trip. Do you um do, did you do all the Las Vegas things, you know, like going to the club uh, and all that shit? I can't was, imagine oh, you, you know. going clubbing, dude. You're like <laughs> it was yeah, bro. You're on NPR, man. Tame. Yeah, you're on it NPR. Like, you can't go clubbing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I feel like if you want to work at NPR, you're not allowed to go clubbing. That's yeah, they'll do a background free. check. Yeah. That was pre my NPR days, but yeah, it's wow. uh they yeah. <laughs> I love uh, that. Well, yeah. I mean, let's let's get into it. I mean, the the first thing is uh, we're 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 childhood we're childhood buddies. You, you're you're much closer friends with my sister, um, and but I remember you, um, and, and you know now you're a, you're a film critic, and we're gonna talk a, a lot about 
your your work there. But I always remembered you as being um, a very very smart person, and I w- I always think like, oh man, you know, like, hey, you know what? We went to an, an affluent elementary public elementary school. There was a lot of Asian kids. A lot of there were a lot of smart kids, but there was always like you know a couple kids who I felt were really really smart, and you were one of them. And you were in Gate, which is like the accelerated track. I don't know if I don't know if you have something like that, Fumi. They, they call it Gate too. It's uh, called in, gifted in and York, talented education. Yeah, in New York, it's called tracking. In Ohio, it's called something else. But yeah, they yeah. put kids into like honors, math, or whatever. From exactly. Age. So, yeah. So yeah, we had we tracking, um, and you were in it. My sister was in Gate, and yep. uh, I remember. I can't remember how I like got to this conclusion maybe it's because i always felt that you use really big words or some shit and i was like that just that guy's really smart yeah do you remember like all this do you, do you get this sense? it's very uh it's very kind I, maybe it's kind i don't know because <laughs> i used to get uh there was the whole they would say oh justin reads the dictionary or you know, <laughs> oh, justin uses you know, using those SAT words, which, you know, is understandable to get like in high school or junior high because everyone, people are already thinking about you know, SATs yeah. and college admissions. What bothers me now is when, you know, I'm, I'm 38 years old when people tell you like, oh, you're using SAT words. Like why, why is like, why is language an SAT thing? Shouldn't yeah, we try yeah. to use most interesting <laughs> words? More syllables, the better. I mean, I just, so in, in school it was, yeah, it was, and, and it's funny because yeah, your, your sister was, uh, you know, we were in those, all those gate classes together and honors and AP and all yeah. of that. I remember testing for it. Like I was like the top of my fifth grade class whatever you want to say oh yeah and dude. i remember them yeah exactly they were saying i was just like crushing it so like they put me and they were like oh we're gonna give you the gate test so like i remember for three days in the afternoon it was like a one-on-one test it was like this like a assessor and me and she was like giving me all sorts of things and looking back i wasn't sure how any of these measurements proved that i was smart or not it was like what is uh what, what do you call a bunch of whales you know like what is that called or and then they gave me one where it was like there um there was this puzzle right it's like triangles and, and squares and they and uh, they give you just like a jumble of, of shapes and they say okay make it look like this picture like you know and it's and it's you you work on it and it, it took i remember that it took me a long time for that and uh, my mom was very excited about me testing for this thing and then finally she gets the call and you're supposed to get like a 95 in order to get to gate i got a 90 and so I was like, oh, I'm not in gate. Uh, so I just kept crushing it in sixth grade. But I was like, I am not as smart as these other kids. Aww. And the gate kids, I swear to God. Oh, I mean, it wasn't like the, the kids were that um, weren't, you know, smart in my regular one. But like the gate kids, they did like Shakespeare. They would like they put on plays. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, see, they put on Shakespeare plays. I remember, Justin, weren't you in like something? You were I, in some shit. Well, I was, yeah, I was uh, not as uh, highfalutin as uh, Shakespeare. It was, uh, uh, I was Tom Sawyer. Oh, uh, yeah. Production oh, Tom wow. Sawyer. It varied, but sometimes they would do, I think the, the they did a Midsummer Night's Dream. Midsummer Night's Dream. Time, you know, yeah. Which, These were know, like which is a fucking sixth grade. Elementary school friendly. That's, ho- yeah. oh my gosh. I just remember like when I was in <laughs> middle school, you know, you say like, oh, I'm not as smart as you, but then again, you describe this test and it's like so fucking random you know what i mean yeah it's, it's not really a no test idea. of intelligence it's just like do you know what a unit yeah. of measurement for a bunch of you know whales is called or whatever <laughs> but it's funny because um you know at a certain point in middle school or high school if you like certain art then people think you're smart you know what i mean oh. like so like if you're going to see rushmore 
I just, yes. I just, I just assume you read a lot of books. You know what I mean? Right. That may not even be true, but I feel like a, there's a lot of that in high school. It's a lot of like image keeping. You know what I mean? Yes, that's true. Do you have a beret? Do you not have a beret? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't remember Justin having a beret. I do he doesn't seem like a beret having... guy. No, you're not really a beret guy. I did take. No, although I was one of the few who took French instead of Spanish. Aha! Oh, and, that's, and, you know, that's, our, that's one of the things. That's the beret, that's, that's, dude. It is one of the things. <laughs> because, you know, and I remember people always, and there was like, you know, everyone was taking Spanish. Yes, everyone was taking Spanish. California high school right. it was considered exactly. the most practical choice. And it absolutely was the more practical choice. But I was, but even then, kind of going back to the language thing, why do we have to make only practical choices? Wow. What if I just, you know. Oh, wow. Wow. Why not, you know, it's like, what if, you know, I kind of wish that our, school had offered you know what if they'd offered latin or something which actually is a very practical thing in terms of understanding english oh but, you would uh, say that yeah yeah, yeah liberal elite <laughs> <laughs> why don't they teach latin oh come on yeah baguette eating bastard uh, <laughs> i do love baguettes i don't i i have i have a ber i think i have a beret somewhere but, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah but uh no it was yeah the early francophilia kind of was already in evidence. You, I, I, um, bet, you, yeah. I bet you got so many girls saying stuff like that. I'm so jealous. Dude, you're just like, yeah. <laughs> that was the other thing Justin was just saying. Just the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember you uh, crushing and then um, and then you, you, you went on to, to college, you went to USC. And then like, how did you get into this? Because, you know, yeah. there was like, I feel with the tracking, right? You know, all the kids in Gade and Honors, it was like, okay, we're all going to be doctors and lawyers. Okay, whatever, whatever. And then, like, everybody else is just like, I, I have no idea what white people want to do with their lives, but they, they somehow figure that out. But then, you you know, you I feel I remember um, my sister telling me that you started, you were like a film critic and you were like doing these things. And, and then you were, you were a film critic for Variety for a little while. And I was like, holy shit, this is, that's like a big deal. It's not just like I have a blog. You know what I'm saying? It's mm -hmm. like that was the time. So, I mean, how did, did you, were you like, oh, I want to be, and you went to USC. So like, were, did you want to be a filmmaker? Did you want to be a writer? And then you kind of, you know? Yeah, thanks. No, all of that. I mean, whenever I talk about this, I definitely do often give big props to my parents because okay. my parents, you know, yeah, unlike a lot of Asian American parents actually did encourage me to do whatever the hell I wanted to do. Mm. And mm. Um, my mom worked for more than 30 years uh, in the medical field. And she actually kind of dissuaded me from saying like, you're not going to like this. You can't, have, no, um, it's just not for you. <laughs> she knew, and she knew me. And it's like, no, it wasn't even so much that I couldn't handle it, but she just knew it's, this is not for everyone. Mm. And so why, why try to squeeze, you know, square pegs into round holes or whatnot, you know? So, and I always knew I wanted to be a writer. The film critic thing kind of, yeah, because I came really interested in movies and film criticism in in high school. Um, we talked about it. We were kind of realistic about it, too, saying like, you know, journalism. Yeah, it, journalism actually was great. I knew I wanted to do some kind of journalism, possibly arts, entertainment, journalism. Um, journalism, I just always thought was a great way to hone your craft, to get published regularly. If you're going to be a writer, it's a very, you know, it, it's you're not going to make a ton of money, but you are going to get a lot of practice, yeah. learn discipline. And so my mom was all for that. My, my dad too. Uh, you know, so they, you know, when I wanted to go to USC and, you know, was fortunate enough to get a scholarship. So it wasn't that, it actually right. wasn't that expensive. Um, and, and that's important because we didn't, you know, we didn't have a ton of money. So um, it just kind of happened and they were like, sure, sounds great. And then even afterward, even after I graduated, I was kind of like, you know, I felt really guilty for not having a job yet. And they were like, don't, you know, don't, this is, this is a different field. It's going to take a while. You're going to have to work your way up. 
So they were always really, really yeah. encouraging. And I really appreciate that because they would actually get a lot of flack from some of their Asian friends when they told oh, them, oh, yeah, just must be a writer. Whoa. Yeah, who said, like, and, said, like, and who would openly say to their face with no shame saying like, you know, <laughs> why does he want to do that? He should be a doctor. Yeah. I, without being replied, it was kind of like, I do have kind of a, yeah, fuck you attitude, you know, for, for just even if you think that, yeah. just to, you know, it just, it really captures something of, I think, the proverbial Asian mentality that just, oh yeah, these things are understood. And I think this is, you know, I don't say this a lot, but I feel very comfortable saying with you guys, um, this is a reason why I think sometimes we have our own selves to blame for our our lack of representation, our representational mm, issues. Word, like if, hey, I actually hey, do think if more of our hey. more of our parents, I mean, it's obviously there are not to trivialize the systemic uh, issues at play. Obviously, they're there. Part of those systemic issues is Asian parents who do not encourage their kids to yes. go into the arts, to believe right. that they have a say, that they should have some kind of cultural stake in those things. And we should. And yeah. if we did. Things would be better, Justin. With the once oh, yeah. again with the big SAT words, um, well, you know why you got why you got a stunt on us like that? Okay, you can just say you know that slaps. Okay, that's cool. Um, what I mean, so then you know just to kind of like get into that a little bit more. When you were writing these things, did you ever feel like oh you know, I I would imagine being a young critic, you know, you're yeah. gonna have some doubts about your opinions. You know, should totally. I be able to say this? But then on top of that, you know, you're not seeing you know you're you're an Asian critic. You're not seeing a lot of other First of all, other Asian American journalists and and critics, uh, and then also just like, you know, you're 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 not um, not seeing a lot of Asian people, Asian Americans in the industry. So, what was that dynamic like? Yeah, I think I will say it's it's funny because as a critic, you want to project that authority for sure. Um, I've often believed though that it it you know my ideal critic, and I hope that's what I am as well, although I don't always uh, live up to that, is someone who marries humility and authority. I think those two go together. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. at starting out as a young critic, um, you know, I was, you know, whether I was a critic, you know, capital C or or a reviewer, which is kind of the, you know, the the more, you know, the are they the same thing or are they different? You know, oh. I, I was just reviewing movies and I was starting at Variety, which, and it was a great place to start and to kind of apprentice myself to the many critics who were older and much more experienced and much better than me at doing it. Uh, so I started off as one of many. And it wasn't the only, it wasn't like I started full time as a, as a reviewer. Mm. I, I was a copy editor when I first got hired. I was actually an intern at Variety. And then I was hired as a copy editor, which is great. And I loved editing and I loved kind of doing all the, the nuts and bolts of mm -hmm. like journalism kind of behind the scenes production and stuff. And then I was just writing on the side. And so it was, you know, and I was getting a lot of the, the dregs, which was great. You know, I reviewed a lot of the, the, the teen slasher movies, yeah. the, <laughs> the, the Baby Geniuses sequels, the really, <laughs> bad, the really bad kids movies. What'd you think about, uh, what'd you think about uh, I, Boss Baby 2, Justin? Yeah, have you checked that out? Where does that having, fit in the canon, you know? Yeah. Having suffered through Boss Baby 1 for <laughs> the early times, no less, I was like, I have paid my Boss Baby dues. I did, I... Gladly passed on Boss Baby 2, but uh, I'm sure it was a big improvement. Um, yeah, but anyways, uh, but maybe I'll, it's funny too. I mean, my I have a four-year-old who I think 
God, I think even I think even she didn't want to watch Boss Baby. We like tried to. Well, I, wow. Why would I put it on for her? That would be child abuse. And I think she like actually got scared of even the 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 the, the art uh, for is, it. So I so we just breezed past it. But no, it was great. So you know when you're starting off that low and nobody is really paying that much attention to what you're writing. Yeah. Um, and you can get practice and you can kind of learn the and you're and variety. You know, being a trade, being a Hollywood trade, it's not like you had. You know, there was there there was a certain formula to doing it, and that was actually really helpful. Because because I mean, you wanted to write well within that formula, but it was just a great place to just learn the nuts and bolts of how yeah. to do it in a relatively unobtrusive way. And then when you got occasionally a big assignment, that was a really nice boost. And like, oh, suddenly people start paying attention to you and what you have to say. Mm. Shit. What, do you, what do you think, um, you know, as a critic, because I feel there's a lot of tension between critics and creators and not, you know, it's. It's a lot of it is obvious. I think sure. you know, you know, we have written here written down that uh, you know, you really have the chance to um, uh, hinder somebody's success, right? As a, as you know, yeah. if if uh, you know, with movies, with food, whatever it is, if you're a famous critic and you say, hey, this movie sucks ass, no one's gonna watch it. I apologize. I scored very low on this. It's verbal, so all I can say is success. I don't know any other sucks words. Ass. Yes. Success. Um. <laughs> anyways, so so you know, um, you know, sort of like with that in mind, why do you think, you know being a critic what do you think like being critics and their opinions and maybe your opinion why do you why do you think it's important sure. and you know do, do critics still matter since everything is sort of about user reviews now yeah yeah i mean it's like it's the question do did we ever matter to begin with you know <laughs> i ask myself that all the time yeah it's, who cares and look i know no, no, it's true. I mean, we're long gone from the days of like, say, the 60s and the 70s when, you know, great critics like like Pauline Kael and Andrew Saris, and then followed by, of course, you know, the most famous one probably ever to do it, Roger Ebert, uh, who's now gone. And it's like, has anyone really assumed the mantle of that? Right. I, I don't think so. I don't think any. I don't think anyone has the power these days. I think that, you know, we could talk so long about what the internet has done for for for, for film criticism, for any kind of journalism. You know, it's had that democratization effect that people talk about which is both a good thing and a bad thing um i am just saying you know i know that i have a very great and pretty you know powerful platform in the la times and i don't take that lightly i'm very grateful for it um and um that's the only reason people would probably pay attention to what i have to say but that said it's kind of i i sort of see myself as when i'm writing um I, I think about my readers i keep them in mind but i'm also really just i am writing for myself and i'm trying to right. be as honest about my reactions as possible and even though you know yes i'm a critic i've been doing this for for like more than 15 years now which is kind of oh wow when i think about that um but you know so i've seen yeah i've seen a lot of movies i've i spent maybe more time thinking and reading and writing about them than the average moviegoer that said i never think of myself as smarter than the average mm. moviegoer. I actually mm. try to I try to write for readers uh, assuming that they are smarter than I am. Mm. Oh, they okay. may not have quite the same maybe specialized film knowledge or taste that I do, but that's okay. That's but I am trying to write up rather than down if that makes any sense. Yeah. And then as far as the whole kind of tension between critics and creators, you know, I just have to say that um you know, we we don't we don't love everything how could we but but we don't hate everything either so yeah. i don't think that mm -hmm. the, the kind of sometimes the the stereotype of the the grunchy the grunchy we're making up words now um the grumpy <laughs> critic sort of looming over their keyboard and just kind of out to just uh destroy people's lives and reputations i mean that's not it's funny because sometimes you will get 
I think about this when I'm writing about independent films, yeah. uh, you know, films, especially by young emerging filmmakers, where your reviews, you know, especially in Variety, which is sometimes, you know, a big publication and one of the first to weigh in on a movie, um, you know, you're, of course, you know, I wish I could not think about those things, because if my goal is just to be as honest as possible, I don't want to think about the impact that my words could have that, mm. oh, this could make a difference in somebody's paycheck or in somebody's career. Um, I will say that I, I think there is room for kindness. Uh, I think there's room for, you know, that, you know, you don't want to be un- dishonest, but you don't need to eviscerate something unless it really, really is terrible and deserves it. <laughs> and I do say that when you're, when you're, when I'm reviewing a big Hollywood blockbuster, it's not that I'm grading on a curve, but I feel a little bit less bad about it. <laughs> yeah. Not because like, this is like, there is a difference between soulless overinflated crap that comes out of Hollywood and somebody's <laughs> perhaps misguided independent film. You know, there's just, the, the stakes are different. Yes. The resources are different. Right. And so, mm. you know, I'm not, I'm not grading on a curve, meaning I go easier on um, independent or art films, but, um, but how you write your argument, how you frame it, that of course is going to be a little bit different. Yeah, that makes. Uh, I mean, that makes. Have you have you ever gotten flack from the the fan base? You know what I'm saying? Like you go after fucking you know Spider Man yeah. or some shit, and then all the Spidey heads are just like, "Yo, fuck Spidey. you! I know where you live." <laughs> you know, it's funny because you think. I mean, you hear a lot of horror stories like that. Yeah, and you know when say like the Dark Knight Rises comes out and their death threats but right. from all the Nolan fans. And by the way, you know, I, I, I like Christopher Nolan a lot and I like more, more of his movies than, than I dislike, but uh, which, and I always find that really appalling when friends and colleagues of mine get that kind of treatment. It's much worse, needless to say, for women. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, especially women writing about blockbusters, women writing about superhero yeah, movies. Yeah, there you go. Um, just the, the misogyny, of of the fan base uh you know it, it just makes it so much worse for them yeah well we know about I fa- that i have found i have you you do and i find myself surprisingly not as on the receiving end of that i don't and i don't i'm grateful that i haven't gotten too many racist reactions uh in my as i look back over the long arc of my career i haven't gotten too many you know i didn't very much like the new black widow movie um oh my god how I dare you oh, we gotta scrub yeah. that we gotta scrub that <laughs> that's gone that's gone are you trying to you gotta get us all canceled I, here, justin yeah i know I, and i didn't really hear a peep about that it was five people i think people kind of get it but yeah even though the marvel the dc the warring comic book fan bases are uh are legion and legendary yeah. so um sometimes you get you know sometimes you'll get an email from not necessarily from the filmmaker, you know, of course, from readers who don't like your opinion of something. Um, I found that in from Hollywood filmmakers, very rarely, there is a degree of just professionalism. They understand that this is how it works. So unless yeah. you write something extremely personal and nasty, which again, I do try not to do. Mm. Of, uh, <laughs> try to be balanced. Uh, it's usually pretty, pretty, pretty polite and yeah. understood. I mean, I, I asked that because, um, you know, I remember one of the, f- uh, like, this is like maybe episode 20 or something of this podcast when Mike and I were just on my couch and we, ha- uh, Hassan Minhaj, a comedian, uh, former correspondent of The Daily Show, oh, yeah, he had released course. this 
stand-up special kind of one-man show thing called Homecoming, oh, yeah. Homecoming King about his story of going to prom at his high school. Uh, basically, the, the story is that, you know, he asked this white girl out. She said yes. He goes over to their house to take pictures. And um, they, her parents said, her parents kicked him out and said, hey, I don't think it's a good idea if you go with our daughter because you're, mm. you're brown, right? That's kind of the arc of the show. And it's, it's, it's very funny. And I remember reading a New York Times critique on it and it was written by a white guy and one of the critiques was he was saying and i cannot eloquently word it in the new york times style but it was, it was something along the lines of isn't it unfortunate that you know hassan spends an hour sort of sort of you know berating um you know things like cultural appropriation mm-hmm. and racism and all that stuff while he is copying the speaking and speech style of African Americans, because sometimes you know, just mm. he, Hassan moves and maybe like does hand motions, maybe similar to um, you know black comedians or, sure. or sometimes the way they talk or you know, I mean, I, you I, can, I, mean I don't know. Black 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 American jargon is to me American jargon, and it's every day it's just changing. You can see that on TikTok. Sure. Um, you know, I mean, our listeners know this. Everything from like it's lit to like something AF that all came from right. black teenagers, right? We all know that, right? Of course. So like, yeah. uh, and I remember Mike and I reading that, and we thought it was a weird critique because, and Mike, you said this. It was basically yeah. like this whole critique is saying, why can't you be white? Is yeah, why isn't that... he? Why isn't he acting whiter? You know, That's what I'm saying. Right. Like, I, I always yeah. think about mm-hmm. kind of. You know, what is, you know, I feel sometimes like when when there's white people reviewing work of people of color, I mean, I know this more if it comes from an Asian American perspective, but like they're, they're sort of like, they, you know, I understand they, they, they may be approaching it from a certain point of view, but I feel they're missing some context as yes. to some of the work that Asian American artists do or Asian comedians do or. You know this whole thing that you know Hassan uh, does. You know, um, could be a fair, could be a fair critique. I thought it was an unfair critique because uh, mm-hmm. you know you 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 you. It's more complicated than he's. Uh, I, I wouldn't even say he's appropriating it. But right. I guess I I wanted sure. to ask you, you know, Justin, sort of like, what are your thoughts on, you know, if uh, if there's a uh, there's white reviewers. Uh, reviewing work yeah. that people of color are doing, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, again, I'm not saying that they can't review it, but um, you know, th- they may be missing some context, or maybe they're judging it on a different sure. sort of thing. Uh, I-, I don't know. I'm not even sure what I'm really asking, but <laughs> you know, like, no, yeah. totally. It's it's a whole no, all of this. It's like a it's just a morass of issues along those lines. Um, and I think about this a lot. It's really funny because. I think it's a sign of just how much more I think about this. And maybe a lot of us think about this than say we did 10 years ago, 15 years ago when I was just getting started because, you know, I never thought of myself as, oh, you know, Asian American, Chinese American, film critic, whatever. I mean, of course that was clear. And I mean, I, I, I knew that, um, you know, people just looking at my byline would probably figure figure that out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, it was never something that I wanted to kind of announce for myself, mm-hmm. like saying like, this is who I am. I, I If I had to write the words, you know, as an American critic, I mean, I have written those words exactly once because it was actually relevant to right. the subject at hand, but I just kind of cringed, you know? Um, uh, so it was kind of always, I always felt that like, oh yeah, I, I know that I occupy this kind of you know, as, as a as a POC critic, I, I know that I'm one of the rare ones, uh, you know, one of mm-hmm. the whatever 13% or however many of um, in the field. Um, but, uh, but I always thought it was 
good to wear that lightly, mm. uh, to let it just kind of, you know, to let that gently, subtly inform my work rather than letting anyone come to any conclusions about, oh, I'm looking therefore at my work through that specific prism. Um, but to get to your question, it's like, yeah, I mean, there's been a huge conversation lately about how um, we need more diverse critics in every kind in, in terms of with, with sexual orientation, with um, with gender, with, uh, with race, um, with, uh, with regard to more critics with disabilities, you know, that there needs, there just needs to be, we need to broaden that enormously and baby steps have been taken, but we're still very much just in the middle of that. Um, and, you know, gosh, it's, I, I, I we were, you know, very recently with uh, the movie In the Heights that came out, mm, uh, yeah, yeah. I felt, you know, and I have to say, I, I, I feel like for me, it's like, okay, I, I, I don't want to be just confined to writing only about, say, Asian or Asian American movies sure. because that's who I am. I I always always thought you know I want to write about a wide range. I think everyone should be able to write write about a wide range uh, of movies or of TV shows or whatever you're reviewing. But I have to say I felt like yeah this is you know um, in the heights uh, is you know about um, you know Latino people and 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 Afro Latino people although that's been a huge source yeah, of controversy yeah, yeah. with mm -hmm. that movie the mm -hmm. colorism debate over that which which I think a lot of people it's like and again only reinforce the idea that. Yeah, it's great to have a diverse pool of critics. Yeah, yeah. Not that you only want any one group of people weighing in on something, but the more there are, well, you just get a whole range. And I think that I one of the great things I think about criticism is just the plurality of opinions, the pluralism mm. of them. Mm. I, I don't believe in any one right opinion mm. about something. I, I, I feel like one thing that I helps me and helps me to de-stress when I'm thinking about what I'm putting out into the world is thinking, I am just one voice of many. I do not, I am not writing the definitive mm. anything on anything. So, um, but yes, the short answer to your question is, yeah, absolutely. I do think that there are a lot of uh, unfortunate assumptions that get made when, mm. when say, if white men are dominating the critical conversation on something and that's, that's definitely yeah. something that, um, and it's hard because, you know, criticism is, you know, it's, uh, I'm one of the few people I think fortunate enough to be able to make a full-time, you know, have a full-time job as a critic. I think a lot of, you know, some of the best critics today are writing, you know, are, are freelancing and, you know, for many outlets or for one outlet. And it's just, um, so there are just not enough jobs even to go around. Yeah. So, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and so I feel, I feel extremely grateful and blessed to have the job that I do. Uh, I feel enormously fortunate and actually quite privileged, I have to say, to use, to use that word. I, I actually Boom. do. So uh, the P word, yeah. I like it. Let me ask you something. Do you guys ever sign up for a subscription free trial kind of thing and you forget to cancel and they keep charging you over and over again and you forget and it's been like six months and you've paid like $8,000 on OnlyFans? Has that ever happened to you or is that just me? Um, if you're like me and you have a lot of naughty subscriptions that you're not keeping track of, what you need to do to take control of your finances is to get Truebill. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. I love Truebill. Um, it saved me so much money. I don't want to tell you how much um, on OnlyFans and Pornhub Premium and all these kinds of things that I'm subscribing to that I keep forgetting about that I sign up for when I'm horny. Um, so I totally recommend it. Truebill has over 2 million users and helped save them over $100 million. Like Matthew B. 
who says, in a matter of seconds, I have saved $660 for the year on my DirecTV bill, saved $120 for the year on my SiriusXM bill, saved $840 a year on my car insurance. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com Asian. Go right now, Truebill.com Asian. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com Asian. This summer, it's been easier than ever to drop our personal care routines, but with your personalized grooming kit from Hawthorne, it's easy to stay on track. Hawthorne is a premium grooming brand that tailors your personal care routine to your unique profile. First, you take their quiz. They ask me things like, what kind of hair I have? How do I feel about sweat? What do you care most about in your deodorant? Um, you know, these are the big questions in life, and that's the kind of stuff that they take into their algorithm and figure out what kind of stuff you need. It was actually really fun, and at the end, I got the essential bundle with all my products tailored to my body type and lifestyle. And what is my body type and lifestyle? It's slim and horny. The products I got were um, face moisturizer. Um, it's not just for horny people, but it definitely works on horny skin. Hawthorne takes the risk out of shopping for personal care by giving you free shipping on your order and returns. With their subscription options personalized to your usage, Hawthorne makes sure you never run out of your essentials. Life is complicated. Hawthorne keeps it simple with a short study-backed quiz that matches you with your perfect grooming kit. Looking your best has never been easier. Take Hawthorne's quiz today and get started on your personalized self-care routine by going to hawthorne.co and use promo code NOTASIAN to get 10% off your first purchase. That's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E.co, promo code NOTASIAN. Hawthorne.co, promo code NOTASIAN. You know, you say you don't want to be the definitive voice on, you know, any one thing, but we're going to make you do that because we're going to talk about Asian <laughs> movies now. <laughs> we're going to talk about <laughs> Asian-American movies. Fumi and I, we always talk about, we always talk about how we're in a... Sure. The Asian wave, right? And it's like you can kind of think of it as before Crazy Rich Asians and after Crazy Rich Asians. And I know no, that's that's like a very huge oversimplification. But uh, you know, we, we always say, yeah. hey, there's a there's an Asian wave and all these things. And you know, y- you, you we're seeing these great movies and and filmmakers, and we're seeing more Asian faces on screen. Um, and I just wanted to see, like, if you know, do you f- see this as like, do you connect the dots with this and say that there's you know, do you feel that there's a narrative as far as the Asian American Asian film in you know industry or representation? Like, is there something that you can that you can point to that says, hey, you know what? There there is progress here because Fumi and I are always saying like, hey, this is this the thing with waves is they they always crash, you know. And I'm always like, I'm waiting yeah. for that. I'm I'm always afraid of that. Um, but I don't know if you've ever if you ever kind of like take a step back and say, hey, you know what? I can connect the dots and tell this kind of story. Or do you feel like, hey, we're kind of too early for that? Or do you feel like, hey, you know what? These are, you know, I, I, I don't sure. know. Sure. Yeah, I, I think that I don't know if I can connect the dots and tell a whole narrative at this point. I think that there's a reason to be optimistic. Uh, I mean, it's very funny because when Crazy Rich Asians came out, of course, it had been like, you know, more than 20 years or whatever right, since right, yeah. the Joy Luck Club, which, and the Joy Luck Club was supposed to, you know, also augur yeah, yeah, a yeah. great, usher in a new renaissance in that movie, by the way, which kind of came out around the time we were first, you know, yeah, meeting yeah. up and getting to know each other. So it's funny, you see how long it takes and how <laughs> oh that, promise, so that promise is not realized. <laughs> yeah. and, and, uh, we'll, we'll have you I back do, on the podcast in 20 years, bro. Don't worry. 20 years, <laughs> exactly. No. I mean, obviously, I think that you know, and, and, you know, Crazy Rich Asians, a, mo- a movie I enjoy very much and think, you know, did absolutely serve its purpose yes. and and was actually better than a lot of the romantic comedies that had come out of Hollywood, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. a genre, an, an important genre that I feel like Hollywood has just sort of given up on. Right, uh, right. 
maybe I'm wrong. I, I maybe I should watch more, but that's just my perspective. Uh, yeah. So, you know, and you have filmmakers like John Chu uh, on that movie who directed In the Heights, um, and I think that's great because I don't think that Asian filmmakers should just direct movies about Asian people. Yeah, yep, um, yep. Likewise, I think I think I would love to see you know a Latino director direct a movie about Asian people. I would just oh, love. Shit. I'm all in favor of mixing. I'm all in yeah. favor of of you know. I, I believe that that is. Um, the more kind of combination, interesting combinations of things, the less we're going to have to just track, okay, this doing that, yeah. it's, a, it's just gonna become such yeah. a wonderful um, intermixed kind of jumble of culture. Oh that, yeah, dude, yep, um, mm-hmm. yep. That, Gang that's, bang that's of cultures, we'll that's what I call it. Mm. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and we won't even have to, you know, we won't have to count these things anymore and it'll yeah. just be understood, it'll just, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be wonderful. But, you know, you have, you have directors like Justin Lin doing Fast and Furious movies. You have James Wan, who is this great horror director doing tons of, you know, so in terms of the directors on the director side, I think there is some oh, okay. room to be encouraged. Yeah. I mean, we, we just, you know, we also, you know, thinking about narratives, you know, Chloe Zhao, yeah. a, a Chinese born director who just won best director for Nomadland very Fuck deservedly. Yeah. And the first, you know, only the second woman ever to win best director in the history of the Academy Awards Boy, oh, and the wow. first Asian woman. Right. So that is very encouraging. And she's doing, you know, she's got a Marvel movie coming out. Sometimes it bothers me and to go back to the whole yes. Marvel, it, it, it bothered, you know, one thing that critics rail against a lot is just the endless proliferation of superhero movies. Yes, Not that there's we so many, right. movies, but they crowd everything out. I mean, yes, that is literally so much all yes. Hollywood cares about. Right. Mm. That is the only thing they're investing in. And it's sad because you'll have some really hot new director coming out of Sundance or or, or, or a festival or something. And they're they're handed the keys to the kingdom and the keys are, oh, you get to make a Marvel uh, movie. Yeah. Or you get That's to, always or you get that to do, is, yeah. Or, or you get to do a or you get to do a uh, you know a Marvel TV show or whatever it is. Yeah. Like, it's just like it, it, and, and that's great. Yeah. And it's it's heartening to see diverse directors getting those opportunities. But God, I wish that someone they were doing something else you know that they were right. doing you know where you know where have the mid-budget movies gone right where have the the thinking grown-ups you know adult dramas gone you know where where it's like that is it's like it truly is from zero to 60 it's like there's no in between yeah 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 i think no. that's mm-hmm. unfortunate it, it, it does seem crazy and and that and that i feel like uh I, I had a tiktok about this where um you know uh but when it comes to Asian American stories, this is kind of like somewhat related, but you know, we want to see these kind of like richer characters, richer stories. And, and you know, the, these kind of, this kind of, you know, cultural gangbang, like we were talking about. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. um, and, and instead, you know, Hollywood kind of goes, Oh, you mean you want another movie about ninjas? How about that? That's like, uh, that's always yeah. what I feel is, you know, and, and, and um, because all these resources are being put into Marvel stuff, like mm-hmm. it, it feel it does feel like if you're going to be an actor or a writer or something like that, the brass ring is to just make the the Marvel movie because then you're getting paid, boom, and then but then then you don't have room for anything else because you you know like uh, uh, Kumail right like he he was doing all these little fun little things and then he got ripped right. and like he just gets <laughs> sucked up right into the thing you know I want that I, mm-hmm. we need that guy to get fat again. You know, we, we need him to just <laughs> like chill and make a, a a funny, goofy movie. You know, so it, it yeah, absolutely, yeah. It, it's it's a it's crazy times, man. I don't know. Do you have any yeah. thoughts about like um? This is something we talk about a lot on this podcast, but uh, you know, when, when Mike was saying like, oh, you know, Asian Americans, so do you mean into movies? We also feel like with a lot of times Hollywood 
I think Andrew T said this. He was a writer in LA. Um, he was saying a lot of times Hollywood groups in Asian Americans with just like straight up Chinese consumers in China with a lot of money. Oh yeah, yeah. And, oh yeah. And so, they, and they have they may have more power because there's more of them over there, and that's where the money's at right now. And so like, you know, me, you, and Mike, you know, we I want to see like an Asian super bad. But yeah, that's that's not really gonna fly in Beijing, you know. Right. They they wanna yeah. they wanna see some sort For of sure. you know crouching tiger, hidden dragon shit. Maybe <laughs> I, like they like that kind of stuff where they really amplify like really beautiful Chinese authentic culture shit or whatever, which like means mm-hmm. nothing to me. Me really, I mean not nothing, but it's like I'm not even Chinese and I didn't grow up. You know what I mean? So it, like totally, it's different. Even for Chinese, my American Chinese American friends, I'm not sure if that that means. I think an Asian super bad might be our version of the crouching tiger, hidden dragon that we need. It's true. I mean, and also just, you know, comedy, comedy is so hard to, to import too. I mean, that's the stereo- that's yeah. the, the generalization anyway. Yeah. Comedy doesn't travel well. Mm. Um, and there is such a, no, it's, it's very true. I find, oh, I have so many thoughts on this because it's like, there, obviously the difference between the Asian audience and the Asian American audience, uh, those are already such huge non-monolithic uh, groups to begin with. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I find this too in my... It's like it. I'll just say this. Sometimes, you know, I watch. I don't watch nearly enough, but I always try to keep up with movies that are being made in in Asia and coming out. You mm. know, from you know, yeah. you know, Korean cinema is some of the most exciting in particular. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I mean, it's like, I mean, you know, even just Bong Joon Ho, hello, you know, who recently, you know, who had a huge success with Parasite, all this stuff. I mean, even before that. I was, you know, part of my part of my work as a critic is I'm always trying to write about movies that are made outside the U.S. for my readers. Um, it's mm-hmm. like, and I have to, you know, one of the expectations of my job is, of course, that you know, of course, I, I cover the big stuff that that everyone here wants to read about. But it's kind of like a, you know, uh, okay, two for you, one for me, kind of thing. So if there's something I want to write about, <laughs> yeah, and, and and it's you know, and that can be a very you know, because people are paying attention, you know, people are, you know, I I try to bring those gems to light I guess that's part of the that's and that's another reason why I think what I do or what we do as critics has a value um because we are trying to the joy of this job is not in in punishing and ripping yeah. apart I mean there, there can be joy I mean I did just I did I did just sit through Space Jam and New Legacy and I hated it it was fun just writing smash, about just that. dunking on it the, the no, only the only time that the only time an Asian dude can dunk on LeBron, <laughs> just dunk like, on boom, <laughs> boom. No, and I actually like LeBron as an actor. I mean, he was I, he was one of my favorite things in in Trainwreck, that uh, the Amy Schumer movie that comedy. Oh yeah, before. he was good in that. I actually yeah. think I actually think he's. I mean, he was playing himself, uh, you know, as he does in Space Jam. But I actually think he's got kind of a winning screen presence. But it's like, but yeah. just that movie just he just doesn't. You know, in a lot of these big movies, they just whoever's in them or whoever's making them they just suck the light out of life out of everything mm, and yeah. so it almost doesn't even matter if say an asian person or or a latino right. director or, or a black director or whoever was making that it just kind of chokes you know there's no chance to actually express anything personal um right. in in these you know ginormous computer generated yeah. machines that they are so but yeah but to get back to the you know the whole sorry the the difference it's like what i was just say that sometimes i find myself neglecting what's going on in the Asian American cinema scene, because I am actually really fascinated by, you know, what say, you know, uh, say Bong Joon-ho is directing or Hirokazu Koreeda, you know, great Japanese filmmaker whom I love. Um, and it's funny because those are not, you know, I grew up here uh, in California. That is, but I, I, that was part of my development as, um, mm. as a movie lover is watching movies that were made 
in China, movies that were made mm, in Japan, yeah, Korea, yeah, in, in Thailand, sure. um, you know, just all over. And it's like, it's not that I love those more than others, but that was actually kind of important for, that was in terms of representation, kind of a yeah. cool thing. Like, oh, here's here's a country where these filmmakers do not experience discrimination, where they are the majority mm, right. and right. they are free to make the movies. And it's, it's actually something really beautiful about that. And I know over here, it's like, that's why, you know, Asian American voices are in a very, you know, they're, you know, it's, it's much more difficult, obviously. And so, and I actually feel like I, I should kind of pay more attention to what's going on there and and mm. and be more of an advocate uh, you know, while being honest, you know, I mean, I, it's, you know, it's not like it's my job to do that, but um, sometimes it's, it's like a mix of, so championing what's going on here, but also sometimes I want to say, but have you guys actually seen the stuff that's coming out of Asia? It's really, really yeah. cool. Some of the coolest stuff that's being made anywhere. And um, I, I, I agree with yeah. that. I mean, I remember uh, I was watching, some Ang Lee movie. I think I think, I think yeah. it was Lust Caution. I watched Lust Caution. Oh yeah, I was horny. I love I was that a horny movie. kid. Yeah, it's a good movie. <laughs> That's a <laughs> it's great, a good movie that too. Is a, that is a. Well, it's it's really funny because it's it, it, you know it's it's it is and yet it's also really like coldly anti-erotic in a lot yeah, of ways yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, because it's yeah. like and it's like really it's I, I I love that movie. I have to say anyway. Go on, please. please. It's a great movie, yeah. and uh, yeah. this is just like a small example, but like yeah. I remember watching it and. Um, shit who's the actor in in it i mean he, you know he's he's amazing Tony Lowe. Um, yeah. yeah oh my god he's so good my favorite and movie star. he's amazing he yeah. is he is so good and i remember there's like you know it, it's set in like um you know world war ii and uh it's it's about like you know this kind of like uh these these uh chinese spies trying to uh you know dis trying trying to assassinate a, a collaborator right mm -hmm. and it's set in it's all it's all beautiful and it's like set in the, in the 40s and everything like that and then all the back, not all of them, but like the, the the only white people that appear are background actors who are just like they don't have any lines. <laughs> they're far away from the camera, and I'm like, oh, we could, you know, you could just have Asian people in the front too. I didn't, I didn't, I I know that wasn't the point of the movie, but it was just something that for a second I was like, oh, well, okay, like we we don't have to listen from those guys' perspective. We can just listen to the what well, this really interesting story here from this amazing actor and this from a this amazing actress and this amazing director. And I know they're not Asian American, but I thought it was just, it was just one of those things that like in my brain, I was like, it, it just like showed how kind of a little brainwashed I was about, oh, the, wait a minute, we don't have mm -hmm. to totally. have it from this one view. Yeah. Absolutely. It and it, I mean, Ang Lee is someone who, you know, I, I, I love many of his movies, uh, not all of them, but I, I, yeah. I, mean, I, I admire him so much. And he is, you know, a cultural chameleon because he directed, you know, he directed that. He yep. directed Crouching Tiger, of course, yep. which to Fumi's point earlier, by the way, that's a movie that was embraced in the U.S. much more than it was in China. Oh, it was? Uh, okay. which was yeah, because, yeah, yeah. because, yeah, no, it's, it's interesting, right? Because it's like, yeah. it's like they're over there. They're like, we have, we already have enough martial arts. We oh, have enough that's right. Yeah, we, you know, why are you trying to sell this kind of Western friendly prestige version of this? But over here, of course we lapped that up and you know but you know but ang lee it's like he's you know he he did brokeback mountain he oh, did yeah. a hulk movie he's done yeah. you know he's done the civil war western he did sense and sensibility i mean his career is really kind of exemplary in terms of like you know i mean and that's not everyone not every director has to be like right. that of course right, but right, there's right. something there's something inspiring about about that as well yeah Listen, Mike, you know me on the podcast. I like to laugh like an insane person, spread joy through jokes and yes. inappropriate comments. But is that how I feel on the inside in 2020? Absolutely not, Mike. I, no, it's, man. It's a dark mess in here, dude. Sometimes I'm really sad. Sometimes I'm a little depressed. I'm really stressed. You know, and I think a lot of people with the pandemic, they're not really sure 
about job security, and that's a, that's a huge source of stress for a lot of people. And I think if any of our listeners feel this way, they should check out our sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. Connect in a safe and private online environment. It's so convenient. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. This isn't self-help. It's professional counseling. Send a message to your counselor anytime. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. Woo! All without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. You know how those waiting rooms can be, bro. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. So they make it easy and free to change counselors if you need it. And it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. Licensed professional counselors who specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, and self-esteem. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com Asian. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Asian. Has there been a movie where your your opinion of it is like completely opposite of everyone else's? I remember once mm, we had mm. this conversation. This was like uh, this is a, <laughs> a while ago, but we were at like you know I think you were actually at my aunt's house, and we we're all hanging out, and we started oh, talking yeah. about La La Land, and how I was like I oh, thought it was yeah. I thought it was just so okay, you know, and you're like yeah it was just okay, and then you just were dropping mad knowledge on me about because I was just like I didn't like it because you know. <laughs> I didn't like the dancing, man. But then you were like talking about, oh yeah, well it's about amateurism and all these things and all this stuff, and, and I was like, whoa, this is like so crazy. But I just I remember at the time everybody was loving it, and I was like, it's a, it's fine. It's it was entertaining, but yeah. that was it. But is there has there been movies? Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. It's kind of funny because because I actually I, I like La La Land a lot actually, but it, that movie went through so many waves of like when something is received as like, oh my god, this is so great, and then you can call it a backlash that sets in it's yeah. maybe it's not a backlash it's just it's just as more people see it it just cycles through and you get very something that was kind of beloved at first becomes very polarizing yeah. and mm. so um you know and it's like do i think you know i don't think it's the greatest thing ever it's but it's, it's not the worst thing ever no, either yeah, but uh, sure. but no but i mean but no i mean it's funny because oh i get this question is there something where yeah and i always wish i had a more interesting answer because i'm sure it exists I don't yeah know. is, I mean, is it like, actually but, you love uh you know boss baby one you, you were just like a huge <laughs> uh, well, boss baby there's also a question you know the question of like is it where i am against the critical majority on something or am i against the the audience majority because sometimes those things are different Ooh. yeah you know? yeah. Very, either one, yeah either one either one i want to start beef okay let's start some beef oh, some gosh. twitter beef i mean <laughs> some twitter beef oh my god I mean, there's always this thing where, like, I try not to make too much of the whole critic audience divide yeah, necessarily yeah. because I think I always think like, look, I am I am a moviegoer. I am part of the audience. I am just yeah. you know I I am just maybe a more you know I just do this professionally, but that doesn't make me so different from whatever Joe Popcorn or whatever. So yeah, Joe Popcorn. I think, that, <laughs> I think that there is this thing where like you know, people often invoke like some the Forrest Gumps or even the Shawshank Redemptions of the world where mm. audiences perhaps like those movies more than critics do. Um, but I'm trying to think of the one- Wait, uh, do critics not like uh, Shawshank Redemption? You know, some do. Whoa. Some do. For, more so than Forrest Gump, but I, I, I don't, yeah. I do not much care for the Shawshank Redemption. I'm Whoa. Whoa, I didn't know that. Oh my I God. Find it, I find it really, no, I'm- 
I am a non fan. Well, uh, wow. Again, I haven't seen I haven't seen that one in many in two decades either. So maybe. But how come? Maybe but like I, you know what was yeah what was better. it? What, yeah, I mean what what was it about it? I just find it really I don't know I just find it this really sentimental kind of prudification of like well, I don't know the, 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 <laughs> of like prison life. You know I just yeah. find it really. Um, Oh God, why did I bring that up? Because it's like, I haven't seen it recently enough to have, you know, it's not like, I, I don't have my knives out against it. I don't hate it. I'm just, yeah. I'm just not, it just kind of left me, eh, you know. No, yeah, way. I mean, but yeah. It's it, not, it is. yeah, I just don't agree with the, the IMDB users who are like, where it's been like number one for like the past oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. years or whatever. So. Fair enough. But, uh, you know, I, I, I don't have knives out for it or anything, but I, <laughs> but it's one where, it's one where I'm maybe out of, where a lot of critics are maybe out of step with the general consensus of things yeah all right all right well we're gonna get some twitter hate about that so um <laughs> you know us because we're we're at, at asian not asian we're only about shawshank redemption exactly. as that we is. all know <laughs> and we are back with everybody's favorite segment it is das race, das news. race news uh this one happened a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. um i didn't I actually didn't even know that you know i, I knew the euro cup was happening i knew it was a big deal yeah. You know, my, my boss is British. You wouldn't stop talking about it when it was happening, like the preliminary, uh, pr- uh, the, the first round and two rounds or whatever. And I, I heard that, you know, England had lost. And I was like, okay, cool. Didn't really hear much about it. And then I then some, I saw something on Twitter about um, how there was a lot of, I, I, I don't know, I don't follow soccer, but I, yeah. I was reading a lot of stuff on Twitter about how there the three players who missed the shot, the PK shot, uh, penalty kicks, they were not white. They were black or mixed or, you know, they're brown people. Um, one was like a Nigerian player, I think. And they were getting a lot of um, racist comments on the internet uh, yeah, for being black, saying that they, you know, they suck because they're black or go back to our country. So that's a quick summary from uh, our article online. Sunday night marked a mon- uh, moment for uh, a moment of national heartbreak among England's football fans as the country squad came close to winning its first major international tournament in over half a century before losing on a penalty shootout in Italy. It also marked another ugly incident of racism in, on social media with some supporters hurling all their anger and frustration at the three players who had missed their penalty kicks, all of whom happened to be black. And I found the Instagram, one of the players' Instagram comments and I mean, dude, this shit gets wild, bro. There's like monkey Gross. emojis on there. Get out of my Ugh. country. Go back to Nigeria. You've been god awful. Yeah. Um. And you know, I don't know a lot about soccer. Uh, one of the guys I'm traveling with is a huge soccer fan, and he gave me some context. Yeah. He was like, "Well, first of all, like they're all like 19, okay? These, yeah. these are oh, like yeah, 19, yeah. 20. They're like little kid, yeah, real young kid. Yeah. And he was like, "Do you understand what it?" takes to be a like sort of a you know a first string soccer player for the England national team yeah like yeah. It, it, this is not like some you don't just get in because your dad that your daddy had a team or whatever like they like <laughs> travel all around the country the world finding the best right. you know soccer players and he's, he's played for their like youth teams and all that stuff and you know so that was he was kind of you know it's 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 obviously very ridiculous to blame something like this on, on somebody's race but um i think the thing i kind of want to talk about is a quote from i don't even know if this is a coach or something but in this article uh somebody wrote the old expression is for black soccer players is that you are english when you win and you are black when you lose yeah. and i feel like that's something you and i have sort of experienced you know in comedy 
uh, a lot of times, you know, with the with bookers or industries, you know, if we're if we're killing it, they love us. They're like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. Yeah, the second yeah. we the second we start bombing or failing or our project doesn't go through, you know, I think we do get reduced to a race. We go, well, you know, I don't think I don't think Asian stories make sense right now. You know, it's yeah, it's yeah, always yeah. it just it's it's like it goes from a hundred to zero in like a second. And uh, I really related to this sentiment here, so I just kind of want to open it up with you guys, and, and maybe Justin, you could tell us like, you know, I don't know how familiar you are with soccer or. or yeah. You know what's happening right now but just kind of you would know, love to get your thoughts on that yeah i follow soccer even less than you do probably <laughs> but i was <laughs> but i was reading about that of course and um also it first came to my attention because i think people were saying like oh why how come the royal family can call out racism in soccer but not in their own uh in their own yeah race? yeah yeah, 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 yeah um but that's a, that's a type tangent but i thought that was but no it's true i mean i think that <laughs> to not to drag drag it up to my side of things or you know in any you know in to our side of things in the entertainment industry, as you were saying for me, it's like, yeah, we, we are just not allowed to fail in a way yes. that white mm-hmm. people are allowed to fail. I mean, yeah. it's simple as that. I mean, you know, you, there are no second chances. Uh, you, um, because if you fail, it is, it is absolutely attributed to your race rather than just, oh, you had a bad day, you know? Yeah. White people get en- endless numbers of bad days, apparently. Um, yeah. So I think yeah. um, it's great. It's uh, I mean, this is so I have, uh, you know, a bunch of buddies who are, um, you know, British and, you know, they were like on, uh, on pins and needles throughout this whole thing. And, you know, sort of, sort of larger context is like, this is, this is like kind of more and more the way that the UK is looking. This, this football team was like more, looked more like what you, the UK, you know, looks like now. It's not just a bunch of, it's, all, it's not a bunch of just uh, white, white dudes with bad teeth anymore. Right. It's just like, it's all different kinds of folks. Um, and um i think though that it's it's interesting because unlike in america where there is supposed to be a hodgepodge of people there's like definitely in especially in england this is remember this is england not not just the uk this is in england there's like there is an there's there's an there's an english nationality you know what i'm saying we're Mm -hmm, england mm -hmm. we're white as fuck we drink warm beer or whatever the fuck it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think this, this expression, you know, you're, you're English when you win, you're black when you lose, is like perfect. Um, remember, too, that England hasn't gotten this far in uh, international play, like, forever. They've just been yeah. terrible. Yeah. Just like, this yeah. is, like, this yeah. is, this is their, 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 their jam is to lose, okay? They were like the <laughs> whoever. So... I think people forget about all that. Like they were, yeah. everybody was all about it. This is the furthest that they've ever gotten. They almost won, right? And they got down to penalty kicks, which is just like, yeah. I know it's a, it's a, it's kind of exciting for uh, uh, for casual watchers, but it's very, I think, very annoying because it's it's kind of luck. It it really is. I, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think mm-hmm. this is not a. It, it would be like if the NBA finals was decided by free throw shots. You know what I'm saying? Right, everybody gets right, ten free right, throw right. shots. What the fuck is that? That's not even. You're not even playing basketball anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. You're you're yeah. playing the penalty kick. Penalty kicks is like the flip cup of soccer. Okay, it, I mean, it is like you know. <laughs> so it, it's 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 just crazy. And then of course, like you know, the, this this nastiness comes out, which is. I yeah. I think people forget like also like the coach put them in as the PK as the yeah. designated. So which means they were good enough to be in the consideration. Like people just throw all of that away. You yeah. know, they, mm-hmm. they they put them in there because they have the best chances of, of making it. Another thing I want to talk about is, you know, the, the comments, obviously, they're, this is an ex- extreme example, but it's like super racist, very, you know, hateful. But, you know, hey, you're a critic. In a, in a weird way, internet trolling, internet comments is <laughs> a form of 
criticism, in yeah. my opinion. I think it perhaps sure. is. I mean, to be honest with you, like, I don't, I don't read a lot of um, film criticism sure. pieces. Um, not because I don't know. I just like it doesn't really. I, I don't see it on my Instagram feed. That's really all it is. You know, I don't got anything against film critics. I <laughs> totally do a great fine. job, um, <laughs> but it's just not something I, I read sure. on the reg. But I, but I do read a lot of like tweets about like yeah. Black Widow, and it's not funny. And like, I mean, you brought up Black Widow earlier. I, I think it's just so funny how like I would say my <laughs> criticism is I know the dad was supposed to be funny, and he they picked like a fat guy oh, to yeah. play. It's the yeah. dad from Stranger Things. But David again, Harper, going yeah. back, going back to why we don't have an Asian super bad I just think it's so ridiculous we're like you get if you get an Asian guy on a Marvel movie or a black guy or an Indian guy they're the hottest best actors in the biz but then like Scarlett Johansson's dad is just like he's just just a fat white guy who can't fit into a thing and it's like funny you know but we don't get to have like like Bobby Lee's never gonna play a funny Asian dad you know like if he played Shang-Chi's dad that would be hilarious that would be awesome but they're never gonna do that you know yeah so I don't know I mean yeah yeah go ahead I mean um yeah no it's funny because you know I'm on social media of course and uh you know I I don't usually you know, because I am writing reviews and I try to, you know, it's like, I think there are qualitative differences. It's like, I yeah. think that, you know, people sometimes, you know, you can, you can craft a very uh, thoughtful Twitter thread or something, in which case I always say like, well, why not just write a piece and get it published if you can, right. you know, whatever. But it's like, but yes, in the main, I am, I am like, you know, we're all just sort of uh, screaming our film opinions on Twitter and, and elsewhere. Um, and I'm, you know, I, I try not to do too much of that um, because I, again, don't have to, but yeah, but it's also part of the fun. I, I of course I love, re- I actually, you know, like lurking on, on on tweets and seeing, you know, gauging the reactions, it's, it's which sometimes inform your own. But um, yeah, just, it's funny. I went to, with the soccer thing, it's like, I was reading the story about the study that they released, which is, you know, one of the interesting things is that in this past COVID year, you know, with with sports being played without audiences, mm-hmm. and they've noticed noticed that you know players no racism. player no racism, <laughs> and players, <laughs> and I think they no well, but players of African descent apparently did like three percent better. Hilarious! Wow, no, yes, it's true. When you're not, you know, when people are not heckling you, when people are not doing, when well, they're not like, being racist, racist, do you things. perform better? That's crazy! Wow, wow. I mean, it's just like <laughs> it's actually really, yeah. It was there was this New York Times story I was just reading about this, um, where they also because of yeah. So I um uh, I, yeah, you heard it here first, okay? Justin Chang is saying that there should be no fans. I get <laughs> no it. Fans. I, no be, fans. I think I I can get behind this. No people. <laughs> Fans are the worst. No, um, it's, just, worst. it's it's crazy. Um, I uh, it's just kinda, as we as we go into the Olympics too. Of course. As we go into uh, the Olympics, no fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's gonna spectator, be no fans. Spectator free Olympics. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, who knows? Who knows what's gonna happen? Just one last question here, but you know, before we kind of we kind of close up shop here. I know we've talked about Marvel, you know, and they're finally giving it an Asian guy a Marvel movie, and we've <laughs> talked about Simulu and how you know people are kind of already hating on him a little bit because oh, you know, whatever he's is he the right guy? Whatever he's is he not hot, yeah. is he not hot enough or whatever the fuck it is even though he's like yeah. flaming hot yeah. um are you as nervous as we are about cuz we're like we're like hinging on this okay this better be awesome i got to go watch <laughs> it no matter what you know are are I, I know you're a film critic and you you're very good at like not you know um you have a lot of i would call it journalism honor you know <laughs> you're like okay this is who i am this is what i i have a lot of integrity you know, which, uh, hey, come on, j- get with the times, Justin. There is no such thing anymore. All right, let's just throw <laughs> all the integrity out the window. 
All right, let's just have inflammatory tweets, and that's it. But you know what? Are you are you, uh, what are your thoughts on this movie? Do you feel like sure. okay, we're yeah? This is it? You know, I I'm looking forward to it as someone who is not a Marvel fan. You know, I yeah. or yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah, much yeah. of a fan I, I, of either or any of the the various uh, comic book factions or whatever. Um, and that's not you know I could be. It's not like it would be an impediment to my job, but in general, I just it's just not what excites me. I think yeah. it's important. Obviously, I think it has cultural weight. Uh, sometimes it's the only thing that people are paying attention to movie-wise, which again, I think is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. So obviously there's a lot writing on it. And I just think that, uh, so, you know, do I hope it's good? Sure I do. But in the way that I always hope a movie is good mm. because I don't I don't want to watch a bad movie. Um, if it's not good, um, I don't think it's the end of the world. It's not going to crush me personally or anything. And in a way, I, I feel like, it wouldn't be hard. I don't think it's going to be hard for me to write what I think about that movie because the truth is sometimes you don't want to come across as just a mindless booster just because, yeah. oh, you know, mm. the, the thing I always really hate is like the idea that like, oh, just because, you know, if I were just an Asian American critic, therefore feeling oblig- right. seeming obligated to write a good review. It's like, no, yeah, I don't yeah. want that. So in a way, so, you know, obviously I hope it's good. I hope, you know, I, I have, I, I don't know what my expectations are or anything. Um, you know, it's going to be, this is a big year for i think you know asian fans of marvel because yeah. you know chloe zhao's the eternals is coming out as right. well so like, so there's obviously the the, the two for of those of uh, the the one two punch of those two movies is people are going to be watching that very closely and carefully and, and as am i i'm just i think it's interesting i'm not disinterested at all yeah. but i'm not going to be personally crushed if it's not the uh the be all because i don't know i just i i'm i'm excited about other different kinds of movies. Justin, as well, you, you know, you, you know oh, yeah. what I love about you? You bring you bring dad critic energy into the room. Okay. <laughs> you're you're like, listen, okay, I know I I'm not gonna be Kept sad talk. if yeah. this is not good, but I will be disappointed in your performance. Okay. That's what I like. Okay. And that's actually worse. All right. I would be better if you just crushed me in the criticism. Uh but no. Uh Justin, uh thank you very much for doing the podcast. I hope you had fun. Um This was so much fun and it went by way too fast thank you I know. Guys for having me. we'll be we'll, yeah. we'll we'll have you back it'll uh, it'll be great um you know when you want to eviscerate uh shang chi so it'll be it'll be good <laughs> i'm disappointed um where can our fans uh find you and your work uh justin uh yeah thank you they can read me at latimes.com and um they can also read me on uh at the npr fresh air website and i am on twitter at justin c chang Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. So if you don't like his criticism, get at him on Twitter. That's <laughs> his preferred him. medium. Um, as always, you can find us on social media at Asian, not Asian Pod. I'm also on there at the Fumiyabe. That's T-H-E-F-U-M-I-A-B-E. And you can find me on Instagram at NicePantsBro. And our, uh, you know, we're doing another Hack City uh, stand-up comedy show this month on the 28th Wednesday. I think this is coming out on the 26th, Monday 26th. So if you listen to this right now, Two days from now, we are doing another stand-up comedy show uh, that Mike and I produced together called Hack City yeah. at Canal Street Market in New York City at 8 p.m. Eastern. So get your tickets um, at the uh, link in this it's epi- your, episode. Uh, it's the goodbye show. It's, you know, it's the it's goodbye be... show. Yes, it's my last show in New York, really. So, it's going to be um, a good one. Um, you got to yeah. come out. Yeah, it's going to be. It's, I'm going to cry if you don't. So please come. Um, <laughs> I think that's it. I mean, obviously, leave a review. Pay, join the Patreon at patreon.com slash AsianPod. And um, I think that's it, right? I think that's it. Um, well, thanks again, once again, to our guest, Justin Chang. Cool. All right, Anals, Thank we'll you see guys. you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.